Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. I'm going to base my message today. Uh, we're talking about end game. And I'm going to base my message on John 17, 20 through 23, that says this. My prayer is not for them alone. This is Jesus speaking. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for the disciples. He's praying for Christians, people that carry on the the, the purpose and the vision and the calling, the mantle of being a Christian. He says, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Look at someone next to you and say, we need to be one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Somebody say unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Today I'm gonna talk to you about Endgame. We already prayed, so I'm gonna get right into it. Endgame is, I wanna see that version of Endgame, but Endgame is uh, an epic culmination of years and years of storytelling and planning. Uh, it, it, it's, it's about so many different things. If you're a fan of the Marvel Universe, it, it's, it's just, there, there can't be anything more grand than that last moment, seeing all these things connect in some aspects you didn't even know how they connected. You've got, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy films, all the different uh, individual solo films that, that make this one uh, massive thing. It's about friendship. It's about sacrifice. Uh, it's about people uniting with like-minded people to overcome the ultimate evil. So it's about people uniting with like-minded people. Look at someone next to you and say, you don't look like me, but we're united. You may not look like the person sitting next to you. I mean, unless you're twins, you probably don't look like each other. Look at the person on the other side and say, we're united. It's, it, we have something in common, something that unites us and brings us together for a greater purpose of overcoming the enemy and giving God glory. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about unity. And in the movie, none of, none of those people could have accomplished the ability. They couldn't have accomplished the ultimate task. They wouldn't have had the ability to overcome what Thanos was trying to do at the end of the movie unless they had one another. They needed each other to be able to fulfill that ultimate goal. And sometimes when you watch a movie like that, anyone ever get kind of let down after watching a great movie? Uh, And it's not because the movie didn't end the way you wanted it to. It's sort of like, now what? You know, like, what what do I have to look forward to now? Scooby-Doo? You know, what's going on? Like, it's, it's, everything else is going to fall. Actually, Scooby-Doo is pretty good. Everything else is going to fall pretty, pretty short of that, that uh, ultimate epic ending And sometimes even when you see something like that, you can think about, you know, man, I wish I had a friend like that. You know, you see friendships in films and you think, man, how come I don't have something like that? Well, I think that when you're talking about friendships and relationships and unity, friendship is complicated. Uh, 
the friend relationship can give you some of the greatest joys in life, but it can also devastate you. Some of the worst feelings, raise your hand if you've ever been devastated by a friend. Don't point at people in the room, but raise your hand if you've ever been devastated by a friend. Well, then, then you know what friendship is all about. Uh, the sad part of it is, is that I don't necessarily see the acting out of greater friendships in the Christian world than I do outside the Christian world. Sometimes in the Christian world, we fall to the same tricks that people fall to out there because we're not living a, a biblical biblical worldview, God-centered mindset when it comes to our friendships. We don't have different sets of goals than other people have, and it creates problems. And, and, and friendship is, I think the biggest problem is this, is that friendship is a, is a gift from God, but it is not God. Friendship is a gift from God, but it is not God. And where I see most people beginning to stumble and fall and get hurt and get offended and, 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 and get their hearts broken and their dreams dashed and they want to curl up in a ball and just rock back and forth for the rest of their life is when they have made friendship, what? God in their life. Rather than being a gift from God, the friendship has become a God in their life and it shows us that our priorities are out of whack. When it replaces who Jesus is supposed to be in your life, your life has become something broken and it's become something distorted from its true purpose. You'll never be equipped to be a proper friend until you have learned how to be a friend with Jesus. You will never be, it, 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 what's gonna happen is you are gonna bounce around from bestie to bestie you're going to live your life disenfranchised. You're going to live your life hurt, upset, mad at the world with an angry disposition. People do this and people do that and Christians do this and Christians do that. And the problem is not so much that you can't find any good friends. The problem is you don't know how to be one. Dang, I didn't know this was going to happen like this on Blockbuster. I didn't think Blockbuster was going to be like that. But you'll never be equipped to be a proper friend until you learn what it means to have a friendship with him. Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man of many companions will come to ruin. What? A man of many companions will come to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So what it's basically telling you is if you live your life out there kicking it with everybody, besties with everyone, you got all these best friends here, best friends there, but you have not let Jesus become your true best friend, then you're always going to be disappointed and you're always going to fall short. Put your hand on your heart and say, I need a friend and his name is Jesus. We have to learn how to lean into Jesus as our personal friend. What does that mean? Sometimes it means separating yourself from the entanglement of distorted, broken friendships in order to cultivate a proper relationship with Jesus, to condition yourself to learn how to go back someday and create new friendships and perhaps repair old ones. But you're not going to be equipped unless you learn how to do it yourself. And we're, we're kind of made to believe that, you know, breaking off friendships is this ungodly thing. 
or being cut off from people sometimes is an ungodly thing. Well, I want you to look for just a second at Paul. When Paul got called by Jesus, do you remember when the scales came over his eyes and Ananias laid his hands on him, the scales fell off his eyes? Well, what does he do next? We don't know that much about what he does next. We know this, he spent a thousand days in the deserts of Arabia, three years alone where we don't know anything about his life. He was by himself. Somebody say, by myself. By myself. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say, by myself. by myself. Come on, keep your hand there and say, that phrase ain't gonna kill me. Sometimes you can be by yourself. It's okay to be by yourself. Where did Jesus go when he came up out of the water and he heard that voice and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Um, the Bible says immediately he went where? He went by himself into the wilderness. He regularly went by himself to pray. He secluded himself. Why? So he could connect with his father. There are times in your life where you got to cut off what's broken in your life and cultivate something real and something right in your life. We know that Paul was by himself for three years. Three years. What was he doing? Learning how to be friends with Jesus. He knew him so well. How well did he know him? He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament when he got back. He knew him better than anybody that I can think of. He understood doctrine. How? Jesus taught him. The Holy Spirit, his friend taught him. His only friend for three years taught him. And when he came back, he came back so full of power that the people that knew Jesus looked at him and said, he was with Jesus. He's, he knows the man that I, Paul never physically walked with Jesus. Paul only met Jesus on, on the road, my gosh, uh, to Damascus. What's happening to my brain? On the road to Damascus, he meets Jesus and has this huge revelation, but he never was alive at the same time that, or, or with Jesus at the same time Jesus was alive on this planet. He only met him by knowing him personally in a relationship in the spirit. So there are times in our life, and look, you say, well, are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm actually talking to you today. I believe that the Lord gave me this today because it's important for us to learn how to first be friends with Jesus. You know, he's the ultimate friend. And he says, he's closer than a brother. And what is a brother in the Bible? A brother is, is the example of about the closest relationship, the most pure relationship you can have. And it's saying closer than the purest relationship you can think of is Jesus. That's who he wants to be to you. He wants to be closer than the, the, the most special. What is the most special? You say, well, it ain't my brother. It's my mom. Well, then he's closer than your mom. It ain't my brother. It's my baby girl. It's closer than your baby girl. Closer than whoever you can think of. That's how close Jesus is supposed to be to us. And he will not leave us. He will not walk away from us. I want to read you a couple things that you may not like. Why do I do that all the time? John 15, 14, listen to this. Jesus says, you are my friends. You're like, oh. He says, when you do the things I command you. <laughs> Somebody say conditional. His love for us is unconditional. But that's not an unconditional statement. That's a conditional statement. He, he basically says, I can tell who my friends are by what we share in common. I can tell who my friends are by what binds us together, what, share, what we share in common. He says, you're my friends when you do the things that I command. That actually kind of reminds me a little bit of John 8, 31, where he says, if you continue in my word, if you, if, somebody say if, 
If you continue in my word, then are you my, are, are you my disciples indeed? And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Everyone's always like, the truth will make you free. It ain't just that. the truth will make you free. I know the Bible. Well, read the part before it. Because it says, if you continue in my word. Somebody say if. Yes. What Jesus is saying is that if you walk after me, if you obey my word, if you do the things that I command you to do, then you're going to know what's right. Then the truth, by living what's right, is going to make you free. He says, if you continue following me and doing the things that I've commanded, then I know you're my friend. He's saying, don't just say you're my friend. Do the things that are required of a friend, and then I'm going to know you're my friend. Don't you love, I love when, when I've talked about it before, when C.S. Lewis talks about friendship, he has this cool little revelation that he says. He says that a true friend... It, the, the, the heart of true friendship is when you're talking with someone and you go, me too. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you say, oh, really? You too? The, the, the same exact thing? You, you like what I like? You like Four Rivers Barbecue? Take me to lunch there next week. You like Four Rivers Barbecue? Whatever it is, whatever quirky thing that you can come up with, when you find someone else that connects with you, that's the heart of it. Imagine being friends with Jesus. Okay, now, now we know that it can't be, well, well, if he's friends with me, he better like what I like. Well, the Bible says we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. So he took sin upon himself, but he did not commit any sins. He became guilty of sins. So he can relate with us. But if we're going to have a commonality with Jesus, the only way we're going to have anything in common with him is to obey him. It's to obey him. We have to learn how to obey Jesus if we want to cultivate a true friendship. God might be calling you into a season of your life where you're supposed to cut off some messed up, broken relationships. Do you want a personal story? I'll give you one. I remember when I was a kid, I, I had just signed a, a recording deal and uh, I thought a lot of great things were happening in my life. I had a couple of people that I was friends with as close as you can be, as close as I could be with anyone, had everything in common, connected on an intellectual level. Our, hu our humor was there. We, we were all Christians, but didn't serve God as, you know, the primary, that wasn't the, that wasn't the reason that we were all friends. It was kind of, they, they believed in Jesus. They believed it. They didn't, weren't necessarily church going all the time. Things like that. Didn't have any ideological differences, but also didn't share a passion for God. And definitely it was a, it was a relationship that it was not pulling me in the direction of the Lord. And I knew that in my life, God was trying to do some things in my life. One of the most challenging things that ever happened to me is as I was about to jump into this season of my life, God said, I'm taking you somewhere that they're not willing to go. He said, I'm taking you somewhere that they're not willing to go. He didn't say they couldn't go. He said that they're not willing to go. And so it's it, being a young moron, you know, like when you're a teenager, you just don't know anything. You think you know everything. Uh, and I thought I knew exactly, well, I better go tell him. That's like Joseph. You know, by the way, if, you, if God gives you a dream of your brothers serving you someday, don't tell them, okay? They're going to kill you for it. It's not a good idea. So I went and I said, guys, we have to have a group discussion here. And I think one of the hardest things I ever did was have that conversation because I knew that there were things that, that were dear to me that were going to be important to the cultivation of my relationship with Jesus. There were going to be seasons of my life 
where I was going to have to be alone. There were going to be seasons in my life where I could only rely on the Lord. And I knew that having people in my life that questioned those things were going to be a detriment to my future. So I had to draw that line and that it was not well received. It was every scripture was thrown at me of what a hypocrite I was and how could I abandon blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, and it was all, it turned into this scorn thing. And to this day, I have a relationship with these guys, it, incredibly, incredibly successful. Some of the most successful people I know in the world, these, these two different guys are, 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 are super gifted. And I am friends with these guys, but not, not like that. Why? Because I had to draw a line of distinction in my life. Because I, and, and you know what? After that, you say, oh, I, I, I want to hear the rest of the story. I bet it was great. No, it was really lonely. It was really tough to learn how to let Jesus be my friend. When I moved to Dallas, I actually had no friends. I had no one. I was living the dream of my life in terms of recording, but it's one of the most lonely, terrible seasons of my life in terms of just being by myself. Do you know what I actually did? I was so lonely that I picked up my Bible for the first time ever saying, I'm going to read this thing cover to cover. And I sat there and I read the whole thing cover to cover. And my dad had bought me before I went to I'm sorry, my dad bought me that Bible before I went to Dallas and I read it cover to cover and I, I opened up the front cover of it and the first thing I wrote in it was revival or perish. I, I was 19, the first time I ever read the Bible and I read it again, cover to cover. And it was that season of my life that if I had not drawn that line in my life, I never would have been at that vulnerable moment where I only had Jesus. I didn't have anybody to call. That's back in the day when you would come home and you would walk in your apartment and you had an answering machine. <laughs> I had no beeping lights on my answering machine for a long time. The only beeping light that I had was coming out of my heart and it was Jesus saying, I love you and I'm not gonna give up on you. If you keep leaning into me, I'm gonna be there with you forever. And can I tell you something? I have never, and I don't know, if you don't feel like this, I'm not trying to make you disappointed in how you feel, but I will say that there is something that I have noticed about people that truly have a heart for God. And once again, this is not a comparison issue, but I'm saying that when I read scripture or when I meet people, when I connect, I've, I've been, had the opportunity to be around some of the world's greatest Christian leaders. When I talk with these people, there's something that I find a commonality that must either be a little bit there to begin with, or it has to be cultivated. But the commonality is this, none of those people ever feel truly alone. I have never felt alone in my life. Do you know that when I was in kindergarten, isn't it weird that in the 70s, parents used to let their kids walk to school when they were like five years old? It's like, it's like stranger danger, you know? Uh, but, but I used to walk down this little, this little path and I used to, it, it, the, the school was very close. But uh, I used to walk down this little path and I'd be whistling. And I remember thinking to myself, just thinking, I was like, Jesus, do you like that song? Like, like do, you, do you like that song? And I always felt like he was like, why am I crying this morning? <laughs> this is so weird. I was just, I guess because friendship with God is the most, is the most important thing. It is the most important thing. It is the thing in our life that can get us through the toughest times when we have nothing. And I think also when I, when I was studying, I, was, I kept coming back to, sometimes I'll reduce things to the most extreme scenario in order to find the meaning of something biblically that I want to convey. And I think sometimes I think about people that are in prison or people that are alone. What message do you preach to them on friendship? 
Are, are you following me? I, this can't be a message for people that have thousands of Instagram followers. You have to preach something that is able to connect with, with anyone or, or that is in any desperate situation. So if we, if we take this thing and reduce it down to this level to realize that friendship with Jesus is the, it's the only thing. It's the most important thing. If we're ever going to be a good friend, we have to learn what it would be like to only have that one friend, Jesus. And would it be enough? And you know what? The answer is yes. It would be enough. If we only had Jesus, it would be enough. Say that. If I only had Jesus, it would be enough. And, you know, that's, that's, why, that's why that condition there, it, it sounds harsh, but it's not. He's just saying, I know who really wants to lean into me when I see people that care about what I care about. People that are obeying. You may be here today and you may go, I have no friends. Nobody, nobody that understands me. Nobody that's really there for me. Nobody that really reaches out to me. That might be a really great indicator that you need to lean into Jesus more than you ever have before to find out what true friendship feels like. Then someday you are going to run into somebody. You are going to run into somebody. And you know what's going to happen is you're going to have a conversation and, and you're going to say, you know what? I really haven't had friends for a long time. And they're going to go, no way. You too? I, have, I haven't either. My only friend has been Jesus. You go, are you, you, you got to be kidding me. That's literally my story. I, I have absolutely, you're going to be like, let's go have coffee. Let's go hang out. Let's go play basketball. That's the way, that's the way. You can't create friendships, that you're, the kind of friendships that you're craving. They happen. God causes them to happen. But the, the ones that last are the ones that are based on what we're talking about here. So, you know, um, Jeez, this is good stuff. Romans 15, John 15, 15 says, I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master's thinking and planning. He says, no, I've named you friends. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, I'm not calling you servants. I'm calling you friends. Put your hand on your heart and say that Israel Houghton song. Say, I'm a friend of God. I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the father. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So we see that true friendship is sacrificial. True friendship is caring about what God cares about. We have to learn how to be friends with Jesus first. And I want to give you three quick points that, and, and I'll, I'll just maybe touch on them, and it's not going to be a super long day today. Uh, but the three quick points are this. Jesus must become our foundation that's number one. Number two, Jesus must become our companion. And number three, Jesus must become our significance. I'm just going to touch on those briefly. Number one, Jesus must become our foundation. When you build your life on earthly relationships, you're building something that will fail. When you build your life on earthly, I don't care how wonderful this person is. I don't care, even if it's marriage, if you're building your life you're building your life on a treasureless field is what you're doing. You're building your life. Jesus is the only ultimate treasure. Jesus is the treasure that you can build your life on. And when you build your life on people, it will fail. Why? Because people fail. Okay, but Jesus is not only the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is a friend that will absolutely never, ever fail you. Ephesians 2.9 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Somebody say, Jesus is my cornerstone. Jesus. It might be time for you to take a step back. 
I actually think it is a time to take a step back. That doesn't mean not having any friends, but some of you might need to step back from all your relationships for a bit. Some of you might need to step back from some of your relationships for a bit. I think we all need to step back and make sure that Jesus is our primary friend. No matter who you are, even if you've got godly, wonderful relationships, you could still step back and just do a check and say, Jesus, I want to make sure that you're my main friend. You've got, you got to make Jesus your bestie, first of all, before you can learn how to be friends with other people. Make him your foundation. See, if people, when they start doing things that you don't like, if you feel like your life is falling apart, that might be a good sign that a friend has become God to you. That a friend has become one of the most primary things in your life. If when your friends start failing, if you feel like your life is failing because your friends are failing, then you have put that friend in a place and elevated that friend to a place that God is supposed to be filling in your life and Jesus is supposed to be filling in your life. So Jesus has to be our foundation. The second thing is Jesus has to be our companion. We have to learn how to hang out with God. We have to learn how to be friends with Jesus, how to just kick it with him on a day-to-day basis. That little song, the song I was whistling, Jesus, do you like that song? I used to hear him say, yeah, that's a great song. And then I, sometimes I would hear him say things that you're like, man, this guy's crazy. No, it's learning how to lean into your relationship with Jesus. It's not hearing voices. It's nothing like that. It's learning how to lay down at night when you're by yourself and know that you're not alone. When you lay your head on your pillow tonight, I want you to cultivate that, that mentality. I want you to lay down tonight and even, even if your spouse is not in there or whatever, you're by yourself, just say, Jesus, I am not alone. Just say it out loud. Say, I am not alone. I am, when the next time you find yourself by yourself and there's no other person around, say it out loud. Say, I am not alone. Say, you are with me. Say, you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. Speak it out loud. Know that you are absolutely not alone at any moment. He has to be our companion. You might have to go through some solitude in your life to learn what it means to truly be friends with Jesus. So he has to be our foundation. He has to be our companion. And honestly, he has to be your significance. If your life fluctuates based on how many people compliment you or how many people validate you or how many people like your stuff or, or, or recognize you or retweet you, we get into this really weird world. When you add the social media aspect to it, talk about an already complicated idea of just friendships in general. When you add social media to it, which is 99.9% fake anyways, if you're honest with yourself, but because you don't, there's no accountability whatsoever. If you could just sit on your couch and build your friendships, that's just, there's something about that that doesn't quite work. So we have to really make sure that our significance is not coming from something that we can just hold in our hand, right? That our significance is coming from the Lord, that Jesus is our significance. And and, and what do we do with all this? You know, when, when we've got Jesus as our foundation, when we've got him as our companion, we've got him as our significance, what do we do? Well, then we have something in common with other people that Jesus is also those things for them. And they know how to be a friend to God. Then we turn around and our lives are full of people like Endame who share a common purpose with us, that we're all fighting for the same thing. We're all, all working for the same thing, all moving in the same direction. Then we are able to have unity, which the definition is the state of being one or harmony among the parts or producing a single major effect. And, you know, unity is an attribute of the Godhead. You know, John 7, 20, 17, 22 says that they may be as one as we are one. 
We are supposed to demonstrate as the body of Christ the unity that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have as the Trinity. That's what John 17, 22 says. It's, it's like an orchestra. When all of us are friends with Jesus and he is our primary relationship, none of us are going to look alike and be exactly alike. But you know what? The beauty of the orchestra is that they're playing the same melody, but they're all different instruments that play different roles in different parts. And when they're tuned in to the same sheet music and friendship that is not properly tuned sounds damaging to the ear. It is unpleasant to the ear. But when friendships are tuned to the melody of Christ. When friendships are, is anyone here this morning? When friendships are tuned to the melody of Christ, then you get the opportunity for that beautiful diversity of all the different instruments playing those, those rich low notes and the beautiful mids and then the soaring strings over the top and it all comes together. That is how friendships that are appropriate are supposed to be with people that have been tuned to true friendship by being tuned to Jesus. And in unity, you know what? It creates community. Uh, it, 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 I think that unity with Jesus creates community with other people. So today, for those of you that have been craving something significant friendship-wise, I'm not trying to be a downer here today to say that you can't find it in this room. I think that you could find some great friends in this room. But I think those friendships, if you're relying on those things to get you through a season in your life, I think you might find trouble if you don't learn how to rely on Jesus first. Because what happens, I'm not saying you don't have the ability to hurt me. I'm just saying that Jesus can heal me way faster than you can hurt me again. I'm saying that when you become friends with Jesus, I know how to lean into my true friendship, my true friendship. That's why sometimes when I hear devastating news, my first reaction is not to panic. It's just, I mean, when I hear things that are crazy, I sometimes just kind of am numb for a second because the first thing that I think is I've got Jesus and nothing is going to take that away from me. It's that, that's how I process almost everything in my life. Now, yeah, you get to other points. We go, okay, what are we going to do? We've got to fix this. Jesus, I'm going to need you right now. Uh, you do get to that point where you've got to figure things out. But our first thought has to be that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Maybe you're here today and you've been hurt. You've been let down. Maybe you're here and you've been discouraged. You've been lied about. People have talked about you in a hurtful way. Maybe you've been bullied or pushed around. Or people that pushed you outside of the group because you weren't like them or you didn't act like them, look like them, talk like them. You've been excluded. You don't know the power of acceptance. I would tell you today that Jesus wants to introduce himself to you, not just as king. He wants to introduce himself to you today as your friend. And I think that there's so many people that go, well, he's not my friend, he's my king. Oh, it doesn't diminish his greatness that he's also your friend. It increases it. It increases his greatness that he is your king and he is your redeemer and he is your Messiah. But he chose to also call you his friend. He wants to be friends with you today. I'm inviting you by the person of the Holy Spirit today to a friendship with Jesus. I hope you will accept that invitation. I just ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here today. invitation is going to be for those that want
Jesus, your primary friend. The second invitation is going to be for people who do not know Christ and never committed your life to Christ. So first, let's start with those that need to make Jesus your primary friendship in life. They'll say, maybe I've put too much value in earthly relationships. I know today that I need to step back and make Jesus my best friend today, the friend that sticks closer to the brother. No one looking around online. If that's you, just lift your hand. If you're in the room, lift your hand. Say, I need to make Jesus my primary. My goodness, that's almost everyone in the room. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.